Today's episode is brought to you by Baseball. Oh, that's a baseball! Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. Uh, and I'm uh, the guy who doesn't know anything, Malcolm Cloud. Uh, for those just tuning in, every week I pick a random anime for Malcolm to watch in a number of episodes that best showcase that series' strength. And uh, last week's anime was, uh, was American anime, uh, so an American cartoon, if, if you want to translate it all. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Malcolm, how was it? Uh, I liked the art of it. I think it has a really cool art design. Uh, I, I, I guess I just, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Like, I feel like I kind of forgot everything <laughs> over the last week. Like, it just didn't, like, impact me. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm not uh, this giant Star Wars fan. I feel like uh, I'm just very casual about it, if not, like, very passive with it. So, uh, like, I'm not, I don't have any nostalgia for Star Wars. So, I think that that's why it didn't, like, impact me the way it did, like, you and Logan. Yeah, I mean, me and Logan clearly, clearly had some fun geeking out, especially because, you know, this was something that was not tied to Disney Star Wars and barely tied to Lucas. I mean, yeah, last week, last week's episode was not just about Clone Wars. If anything, it was on the whole broader Star Wars franchise and the future of the franchise. We, we got very in the weeds. Um, I'm sure you'll tune into our podcast about Solo. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we've, we, there's a lot of pod, spin-off podcasts are coming soon, obviously, including uh, an in-depth look at Solo. No, Solo, uh, Solo, the greatest anime of all. Um, but no, actually, like we're recording this just a day after um, the Disney Investors Call, which which announced seemingly everything, <laughs> like 35 different uh, shows, 10 Marvel shows, 10 Star Wars shows, bunch of bunch of other stuff. And um, one of the shows they did announce was called Star Wars Visions, which is going to be like a series of anime shorts by famous uh, anime um, studios. Yeah, that was kind of exciting. I, it's almost disappointing that we're, we won't be releasing uh, this uh, that last episode for a little while. But Well, that, uh, I don't know when that show is coming out. So, you know, to, tune in in two years when we cover it. Yeah, we'll be ahead of the curve for that. But uh uh yeah when it'll be a, while, a little while when that happens but you never know i have it's hard to say with like uh when all these shows are going to drop yeah i mean it, it's it's interesting the star wars franchise again it, it seemed like disney was slowing down and then yesterday is like no 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 you're gonna get a rogue squadron movie even in two years uh it's crazy um i think they're gonna slow down on the, the movie front like you'll see even movie just like, like even every idea, two years two but even three the idea years. that rogue squadron comes out in christmas 2023 seems soon i know i know it's not soon but it feels soon if you know what i mean yeah oh for sure i mean i i think just the idea of theaters like oh this movie's gonna be in theaters in like three years is crazy when you know we haven't been able to really go to theaters for months now and that's why they're clearly investing a lot of money in tv um yeah. i've only seen uh and we should record this in 2020 in 2020 <laughs> i've only seen i think in theaters i saw the invisible man and tenant that's it this is for the entire year oh and we oh and akira we went to and akira and we saw birds of prey but i kind of forget that movie is that did that come out this year Came wow February, yeah now, this year is really just, 2020 is really taking it out that I forgot that Birds of Prey was a 
2020 release. I thought that was from 2019, much like it's only been a year since the Joker movie came out, and yet that feels you ever, like it you came ever out see five Joker? Did you ever get I, I did see Joker. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. In uh, on Crave, in Canada. Well, we'll talk about that later when we say, "Is this anime Joker, uh, Oscar-winning movie Joker?" Um, but today's anime is Level E. We're covering the first four episodes of this show, and yeah, if you joined us on our um, ep- two episodes ago, yeah, we covered the Hunter Hunter movie, and yeah, it. If you listened to that one, you would have noticed we we were very elated uh, to discover that uh, Tagashi had made a short, uh, short-lived short uh, manga slash anime called Level E about an alien that moves in with a baseball player. And it just seems so weird. Again, this guy, he, this series, again, I didn't even write a history segment today because we covered him two weeks ago. Um, but it's interesting that again, Tagashi, who, who did Yu Yu Hakusho, which was a big hit. And then he does this middle show in between this and Hunter Hunter. Like it's, it's an interesting, yeah, I don't know. What's the word? Inter- it's cool that he did like a weird sitcom that lasted three manga volumes. Yeah, this is like a very, I, I'm, I really dug this for a lot of reasons. This is bonkers. Like this is just an absolute, like, I don't under, I like, I, I'm shocked that this like exists, like that this has gone, has gone as far as it has because like there's like, men in black elements to it there's elf uh, elements to it there's uh dan fogelm <laughs> i mean i would i in terms of like here an alien is living with humans like and that's a very a thin stretching this is i would say the more comparison is there's a short-lived abc sitcom that um that dan fogelman who is the celebrated screenwriter behind such films as crazy stupid love and the tv show this is us uh, he did, which was called The Neighbors, which was about a uh, Long Island family that moves to the Jersey suburbs, and then they find out in their, like, gated community that their neighbors are a bunch of aliens. Uh, like, and, and, you know, which obviously, like, also kind of sounds like Third Rock from the Sun, but then this is nothing like that, but it also, like, clearly was influenced by stuff like this. Like, it's very, like, this is such a tonally crazy show like this is and this is also like the first show since one punch man that we've covered that's really a straight comedy and if anything it's like it's if one punch man was like a satire of like superheroes and shonen tropes this is just a straight up wacky sitcom yeah this is this is uh the closest we've come to like a big bang theory of like a chuck lorry anime (laughs) like there's, there's like there's like not it's not a parody of anything it feel, seems like i mean I well don't no know. it's a parody of a lot of, i mean it makes fun of a lot of even in these first four episodes it makes fun of so much stuff uh, i mean i guess i i see i don't have the the back no uh, but even just like et there's references to et and all this other sci-fi stuff like you said men in black there's so many references uh in here yeah i guess that's true but then like I think of like Men in Black in particular, I was kind of already associated that as being a comedy. Okay. So like on some level, like it is, it is like it's like it is action, but it's not like it, like when Will Smith made it, it wasn't like Independence Day action where that was like kind of serious. Like in this, like Men in Black is you know they're wiping minds, and Vincent D'Onofrio is like a crazy hillbilly kind of alien in that film, if I remember correctly. It's. Um, this show, this show is really fun. Like you can already tell that, like it, this was like Togashi's cool down series, where he's like, okay, I'm gonna do something epic, 
uh, in a little bit. But right now, I just want to do something really fun and silly. Yeah, I kind of like it. Like, this is like, yeah, I just, I don't want, you know, I don't want things to be too serious. Um, and, I, and I like, I appreciated that. Yeah, so, so I love the opening, uh, just how they're just like, yes, Earth is populated by like hundreds of different aliens. And while all the aliens are aware of their presence, it is a secret only from uh, the Earthlings. And so, yeah, Earth has been populated by aliens for a long time. All the aliens know it, uh, we don't. I just love that opener. Oh, yeah. And it's like such a serious, like, at least in the dub version that we watch, yeah. it's like delivered very seriously. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, the aliens are here and like, the, but the earthlings don't know. Uh, and I like that. I also, I love the lyrics, the like, uh, to the um, the opening theme. Cold Finger Girl. Cold Finger Girl. I, I, I brought it up. I want to read it out because we like get that <laughs> intro and then we smash and then we kind of get this like introduction to who our human protagonist yeah. is. Um, if you want to call him a protagonist, uh, he is an asshole, much like <laughs> like the uh, alien. Are you, are you talking about Baca or our human protagonist? Yeah, you both of them. <laughs> because I was gonna make a joke that it's uh, uh, you know that Ryan Reynolds started in that sitcom. Uh, was it two uh, two guys, guys a girl in a pizza place? I've never watched it. Uh, yeah, this is two assholes, uh, one girl. Uh, and a bunch of crazy shit happens. That, that's uh, one way um, I I could I could come up with something better. I might come up with something better. Um, <laughs> but th this is the, the just to put into perspective what the, uh, the the lyrics to the song are of Cold Finger Girl. It's uh, the entrance to the town is decorated with cattle skulls where the strongest guys can make the laws. But if it weren't for tender feelings flooding the place, everyone would surely cause a revolt and it soon vanish. Those shocking bloody pictures make me feel like throwing up, holding my head. I got aboard the subway, cold finger girl, cold finger girl. Th that, that's something. <laughs> And then if you want to, the whole, the whole song, the, the next part goes, um, in the near future, when a policeman gives me a parking ticket, I will turn my Alfa Romeo's surfer rider's wheel and shift from the axis of time. If they put me on a level five curfew, I'll soon be camping out by the mountain pass, so come. So I like don't under I, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, li li I mean, listen, pl pl plenty of Japanese songs when translated to English don't make a ton of sense, which is why I just listen to the music. What I like about this is like it, I, it, it's such an absurd. Like, I mean, obviously this is like Japanese to English mm -hmm. translation. I don't know the band. Uh, is a, it's a Japanese, um, kind of a punk band, if you will, uh, called Pontiacs. Um, which I like. I love the name of the Pontiacs. It's actually a great, it's a great name. Uh, I, it's, it's such a find. Like, I feel like part, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how old that song is and how, like, the band is. But there's part of me that, like... Oh, my God. I just found out who sang the song. Uh, Chiaki uh, Kiriyama. Um, she's best known for Battle Royale and playing Gogo -Go in uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. What? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh. This is uh, this is blowing my mind right now. It's sung by her. The cold finger girl is sung by her. Go go. Also, I just want to say I found the lyrics of the song on a random live journal, <laughs> uh, and the and to begin with the uh, before the translation, it's uh, the person writes 
this is an interesting song that I did not like at first, but has grown on me. <laughs> it's great. And it suits the tone. I mean, I love the animation just in the opening, uh, just with all the aliens shifting. And again, just there's a lot of weird shit, um, which, which prepares you. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get started with our protagonist, who, again, both our protagonists are assholes. Uh, our human guy is uh, Yuki Taka. Uh, yeah, a high school baseball player. Yeah. He, who, like the trope has really shown itself, looks like he's a 30-year-old man. <laughs> like, he just, like, I thought, like, when he was going to town, like, I was like, oh, so, like, he's going to be, like, he's on a minor league baseball team when, like, he's trying to, like, make his way up. But it's like, no, like, he's got such a weirdly pathetic backstory, which I kind of love, which is that he was the bench warmer for the best team in, like, middle school. And that caused him to be scouted. So he like became, he got scouted to go to this baseball club, this high, like renowned high school baseball club. And uh, because of that, he gets to live in his own apartment uh, as a high school student. Like if he's, you know, the implication is he's 15 and he gets his own apartment. Like it's listen, a while. Listen, listen, man, we, we've seen that, you know, in Pokemon, like kids are, kids are given powerful monsters that can shoot fire at the age of 10. Yeah, that's true. This is like almost trying to play a little bit more realistic, which makes it For even sure. weirder. <laughs> like, um, like at least like po in Pokemon, you can kind of get away with it for some reason. Well, this you one, can get away with it because it's the child fantasy. It's clearly yeah. In this one, it's like if he just like you could have made him twenty one, and no one like it. It wouldn't have changed a thing. <laughs> I guess it's because again, this was still published for Shonen Jump, which is like again like a tween a tween demographic. So they. They definitely wanted that kind of uh, younger age uh, protagonist. Even if, you know, as, as we'll get into it, the protagonists in this series shift. And we only watched the first four. Um, but when we get into episode four, I'll give you, give you uh, listeners and Malcolm more of a tease of what's to come. It's, it's really crazy. Th these first three episodes, I, I think we could just kind of discuss them interchangeably because they're basically just one long story. It's effectively an hour long pilot. Yeah, I noticed that, like, because at the end of the last, uh, the third episode, it's like, the end, and I was like, oh, like, this is such an arc, because, like, what happens in the fourth episode? I was like, what is happening? Like, what, this is, like, it, the tonal shift is unprecedented. It's, it's unprecedented, and it, it keeps getting there, but once you get used to the tonal shifts, you're just like, oh, I wonder what the next one's gonna be like, because, yeah, the, the show has, like, a weird kind of Twilight Zone vibe to it, even, like, the opening is very Twilight Zone, the, uh, the narration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing of it is like, yeah, and this is like all over the map in terms of like the narration and in the music choices, like, man, it's like, they have like cl almost classic nineties, like music score underneath some of this stuff, like just like a thick synthesized bass and like, you know, keyboard, like almost like an organ kind of playing at times. It's also sort of weirdly dated um, that I, I appreciated during scenes. So, so yeah, uh, Yuki Taka, he, he meets his uh, unexpected roommate, who, who is an alien, uh, Prince Baka, uh, who is also, like, missing his memories. Oh, yeah, he's, like, yeah, he uh, has amnesia. Um, and so he decides to just, like, uh, just stay in this apartment. And Yuki Taka just takes uh, so much offense to this. He's like, get out! He's just like, I'm gonna beat you up. Like, he just his immediate reaction is like, I'm gonna beat the living shit out of you, nerd. I mean, how, how else would you react when like an effeminate alien prince uh, is taking your apartment? I don't know. 
I guess yeah. I, I guess I reported to the authorities maybe because I'm more of a coward. I wouldn't beat up an alien. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be a tough like high school jock. Yeah, um, even if he's not even like even that strong or whatever. Considering again, he he was a bench warmer who just got lucky. Yeah, he's the most uh, ripped bench warmer that uh, has ever played Japanese high school baseball. <laughs> And, and yeah, Baka, he, he, he gives Yuki Taka uh, like a controller that blows up a pod, which again, very random. <laughs> he thinks he's killed a bunch of people, basically. Oh, yeah, that was wild. I was like, wait a minute. Like, he just like set him up for this, like, this murder. And also, like, this, uh, as this is happening, there's like a parrot that keeps flying around. Like, you just we keep seeing this one parrot. Oh, yeah, because like, before he gets to the apartment, Yukitaka is like in a taxi cab and like he's looking at some people uh, on a bridge and then they're staring at him and he gets really upset by that, which I also kind of found was funny. Like he's just like, he's just obviously the taxi's just waiting at it like a red light and he's upset that people are looking into the taxi. Yeah. Uh, again, that we, we get like a fun uh, ET reference. There's alert. I wish I, I wish I could remember, but there's a lot of like pop culture references and impressions that get thrown out. Like, I swear to God, uh, the voice actor um, Vic Mignogna, who um, who unfortunately uh, has been blacklisted from Funimation now because it turns out he's a creepo. Uh, you, you listeners can can look up what's happened to Vic Mignogna in the last uh, year or two. He, he sucks, which kind of makes me like real. The fact that Vic Mignogna is also a creepy person in real life, and that his character Prince Baca is also creepy, kind of makes me like hate him even more. But like being okay with hating him, I'm like, okay, cool, both. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, no, I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> there wasn't as much acting as you thought there was. There wasn't as much. And even the, the stuff I know about Mignogna after everything came out was that, like, he's a huge Star Trek fan. So he's doing, like, a Captain Kirk impression at one point. Like, like just kind of in and out. Uh, and Mignogna even, like, played Captain Kirk in a series of, like, fan films because he's a weird dude. <laughs> Apparently William Shatner hates him. Oh, weird. That's he's, yeah. He's a weird guy. Um, no one from Funimation likes him anymore, which is why he got blacklisted after a bunch of stuff came out. Uh, I had to put that out there because you can't really talk about a Vic Mignogna leading character without bringing up this stuff. No, I was, I was obviously, I, I was not aware of this, and yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting everyone to be aware of random no-name voice actors. Yeah, but still, it's, uh, um, it's good to know that they at least got rid of him. And- yeah, we're trying, no. to, trying to pull that like we're doing an internal investigation. No, everyone was pretty quick to drop him like a hot rock, which tells you how uh, credible those allegations were. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely there, people were relieved when it was finally out there. Like, okay, we can get rid of him. Yeah, um, but anyways, yeah, uh, Baka, he is, he is a weird, weird character, and he's always like he's always got schemes. He is a total schemer. Um, throughout the show, you never quite know what he's planning. Uh, he seems like an idiot until he isn't. And then sometimes you're like, oh, he did have an elaborate plan and then it backfires on himself. Uh, I can't even keep track of the stuff that goes on in these first three episodes. Yeah, like you can call him the clown prince of uh, pranks because that's what he does. He's just like, uh, he's just, uh, he's uh, yeah, he's always like pulling a move on uh, Yukita. Uh, what is it? Yukitaka? Yeah, Yukitaka, which I thought was, it's funny because like, Yukitaka is like all the most triggered person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like he's like, and every time he's like, "What? No! Why? What? Why? No!" And uh, I like that. Like I like this. Like uh, even though I'm like, he didn't ask for any of this. Like he's just a high school 
baseball player who's gets to live in his own apartment uh and then he's obviously he's like oh no my i have a roommate and it's an alien my like, roommate is an alien the tv show uh, that would yeah. be the english dub uh if if they were doing this for four kids or something it would be called my roommate is an alien yes this would be um this would either be uh, i guess based on the ages of the characters this would either be on the disney channel or this would if they aged everyone up but to like 2021 20, this would be an abc original family sitcom yeah so what, what do you think of the the fact that you know he's bleeding and he, he rests on the tree and it causes the, the tree to bloom i thought they were going to build up to some sort of like redemption or oh he's actually nicer than we think and uh that doesn't really happen no i mean i thought so too i was like oh like this is a teaser to like oh his, his blood and there's a purity there like you know it's like you want i guess they're playing on that trope of like you know an alien crash lands onto earth and then it turns out it's the ultimate good guy sort of like superman um or yeah. i guess like elf? the man who fell to earth i don't something. i don't know anything about elf but i, I assume elf pretty good guy elf, um, elf was pure buddy buddy the elf was pure um yeah uh what's the other one the the day the earth stood still um but no again oh, oh yeah yeah he's he's good i remember when they shot the remake of the day the earth stood still i was in high school and they shot in vancouver where we're both from and yeah. are currently based as of this recording and um they there's like an explosion scene that they filmed not too far away from my school and it like it got set off, and then that triggered my high school oh. and to go into a lockdown because someone thought someone blew up something in the parking lot. Also, my high school is next to a garrison, and then they got triggered, so they had to like lock down as well. It was wild because it's like we just saw this like giant like puff of smoke come out of nowhere, and then it was That's like, all right, it's locked down. <laughs> so <laughs> I had this weird relationship because I remember like the teachers being terrified. I also had one teacher um who suggested like if there was ever school shooting what he wanted to do was instead of like everyone hiding like like to like against the wall so that like uh, they couldn't you know the shooter couldn't get into the rooms uh that he was like okay we're gonna get the two biggest three of the biggest students in the class two of them are gonna have chairs and they're gonna stand by the door and then one's gonna be crouching like in a football position ready to tackle so the, his idea was the door would swing open the two people with chairs would smack down <laughs> the shooter and then the him as the teacher or another student within Russia, uh, like as if he's tackling a football well, player. I was like, yeah. this is a disastrous idea by by the crazy teacher in school. Uh, uh, before, luckily, that never happened. Before I forget, what episode was it? It was like episode one or two where like Prince Baka is playing with the puppets, which for some reason were animated in CGI. Yeah, that's first episode. Yeah, that was some wacky stuff. Was that what was even the payoff for that, or was that just Prince Baka just being an idiot? I think that was Prince Baka being an idiot. Like that's a um, uh, wild. It's, it's very weird the way they animate because again, they're not just like using the regular animation; they're using CGI. Well, that's the thing. This show, it just like randomly will have sequences in CGI. This is a 2D show, I assume. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's two-dimensional um, two hand-drawn. Um, like, I, well, I don't know the lingo, but um, yeah. yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's a 2D show with 3D elements. And it's like, at least it's not as jarring as Akira, where like, but obviously that's like in the 80s, and like yeah. it was just technology wasn't there for the 3D stuff they did. But this I time, found, just... I found the puppets to be pretty jarring because they're so prompt. <laughs> yeah, that, it's like a weird, uncanny valley 
what the pop is. And like, there's, it's a, he's saying nonsense. Like, I don't even think he was speaking English. Like, he was doing voices. He's, uh, yeah, I had to bring up the puppets because I don't know what the purpose of the puppets were. Um, but let's bring up our, our, like, our I'll, I'll say that with the puppets, um, that the, um, like, I felt like they were speaking, I know this isn't true, but I, this is my, like, I felt like he was doing like Sims language, you know, like in the Sims. <laughs> When they would go like me 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 ma me mo me ma or whatever they however Sims talk like that's what I felt like he was mo- doing like he was just like and then obviously that pissed off uh, Yukitaki. It does um, and yeah we've got our other lead uh, Miho who is kind of the girl who uh, Yukitaki is in love with and her father is just like kind of like the Men in Black leader if you will um, you know he's 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 hunting aliens and stuff and her father he's voiced by a. Chris Sabat, who, who voiced Zoro, he's voiced All Might, he's going to voice more characters as we go through uh, these these series. Okay. Yeah, his name sounds familiar. I think we've talked, uh, Chris, talked, we've talked about a lot about Christopher Sabat. Uh, we're going to hear a lot of them when we cover Dragon Ball Z eventually because he voices like half the cast. Oh, interesting. Very, very, very good voice actor. But uh, it's always funny when he he, he gets, uh, he's, he's clearly one of Funimation's most prominent actors since he's been there since the beginning. It's always funny when they just shove him in because like, yeah, we need Sabbath. And also he's like, he directs so much uh, anime as well. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy thing for him to jump into. And if this is a, uh, like, this is a, a very much a departure. So you get to like, you know, be a little bit more comedic with what you're doing, I assume. For sure. Um, yeah, let, let's get, get to one of the key points though. So uh, thankfully the, the pod didn't uh, kill anyone. They find out on the news there were no casualties. It was just something weird. Uh, and the police uh, end up confronting uh, Yuki Taka and they tell them that Prince Baka is wanted for murder. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, he's murdered someone. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that would be more plausible than him being a like, alien like in, in terms of like if you're a human that hasn't doesn't know aliens exist yeah and then then we get shown this uh this arthropod that's what it's called an arthropod called clive who, who's good from the planet jacqueline s uh <laughs> and he's very good at mimicry and they're setting like what are they saying up they're like setting up that like clive is like can is the one who's responsible for um why Bach is accused of murder <laughs> Yeah, so I, from what I gathered, I thought he was like actually like the that's the true essence of Prince Baka. Like that. Yeah, that's like, what I thought too when I saw that, him. I'm like, wait, that's what he looks like. He's like a disgusting creature. Yeah, thing? he's like a disgusting like yeah, this creature that's like constantly like crying. It's like <laughs> like that's like what the sound it makes. It's like it's like you know it wants to be put down at all times. I'm trying to think of uh, a Pokemon that would be similar to that. A Stunfisk, uh, stun f- what's a disgusting Pokemon that's like, kill me now. Uh, kill yeah. me now, Pokemon. I'm gonna look up. What's the Pokemon that makes me? <laughs> nope, that, that just got me. Oh God, that's, that's, nope, I accidentally went on some suicidal stuff. God, no. I'm just typing in oh, yeah, it's like- that kill me now, and I'm like, oh no, that's, that's not good. Yeah, it's like uh, the Simpsons, or yeah, in the Simpsons. Oh, the, the Simpsons, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the <laughs> Halloween special where they, like, Bart turns his frog into this, like, oh, that prince. Thing. And then, yeah, he just goes, kill me now. Every moment I live is agony. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like, what, like, that's the vibe of this creature. <laughs> and so, yeah, and then that's, like, the first episode ends on that reveal. You're like, oh, and, like, this is my true form. 
and yes. it's like and, to uh, be continued. To be continued, and uh, because thanks to the magic of streaming and stuff, we were able to continue it immediately. And uh, it turns out, no, uh, it's just his pet. <laughs> yeah, it's a disgusting pet, and then this is one of uh, several reveals where Prince Bakker, you realize, oh, this guy's a very crafty. Like this guy's just constantly coming up with new bullshit <laughs> like he's always on the bullshit he's always on the bullshit and you never know if it's bullshit that's going to benefit him or it's just because he's literally insane or just cruel or or whatever um we get introduced to captain craft who i love captain craft is an awesome character he's the he's baka's uh bodyguard and he just has to put up with all his bs yeah like he he's a guy who like if i'm not mistaken is uh He's like, I'm gonna kill him. Like, I'm gonna kill him now. <laughs> like, I'm done. Like, I'm gonna kill this guy. Like, I appreciate. This is a little later, but like, I appreciate yeah. that sort of stuff. Where he's just like, this guy is just the worst. Like, I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, and and fair enough. I mean, again, like Baka, he's a prince. Monarchies are bad. Monarchies are dumb. Yeah, he's got to protect this cruel idiot, idiot prince his whole life. Yeah, and he's yeah, they, and they like announced that he's. Uh, yeah, that he's just like this asshole. Like I, I like in the uh, third episode, one of the other guards, I don't know if it was uh, Colin or Sado. That's what I love too. We have Captain Craft, Sado, and Colin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, you've got Jacqueline S and then you've got like Colin. <laughs> like Colin. what's your, Colin, <laughs> just like, it's, a, it's so fun. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, where he's just like, he's got the best parents in the world. And I'm so, like, he's just crying over, like, the fact that Prince Baca's parents are, like, the greatest people to ever exist, apparently. And that they have this, like, asshole son. You know what? It happens, especially with monarchies. Because, you know, monarchies are bad. You can't you can't control who the rulers are uh, in that regard. Um, yeah, Mio stops by to check for some hidden cameras. Baca escapes through the bedroom. Uh, oh yeah, Baka just escapes. He's just like, I'm out of here. Oh yeah, because there's here. a scene in the first episode where like Baka just like jumps uh, five stories, and that's when <laughs> that's when you really know he's an alien because he's just, like not impacted at all. Um, and then I think uh, Yukataka uh, thinks Prince Baka gets got hit by a car, <laughs> and then he like <laughs> runs down. Like he's like, oh no, the elevator's not fast enough. I gotta go down these stairs to check on him. Like that idiot, that idiot got hit by a car. He just jumped five stories. I'm like, I'm sure he's fine. Like if he if he like survived five story jump, I'm sure a car getting hit by a car is nothing. Yeah, and he, he's got blood that can heal trees or make trees bloom and stuff. Um, we get we get some world building stuff. We find out that Earth is the only planet where uh, the Discunians can coexist with the Alarians. Yeah, which is like I was like, oh, I didn't even real like I knew, I guess you have to find out his. his uh, well, I don't even know the, what the species name of his aliens are, even though they just take human form. <laughs> like, yeah, and I in, obviously he's not an anthropod. <laughs> like it's pretty clear that he's just kind of a humanoid. We, and we also get a big reveal that, oh, Prince Baka did kill someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they track him down into this um, just Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's, like, it plays out where they're, like, oh, you know, try not to make a scene. But then Yukataka's rage gets the best of him, and he beats <laughs> up Prince Baka in the middle of this restaurant. I'm, like, if you want to not create a scene, don't beat up a guy in the middle of a restaurant. Like, I, like, I don't know. I've been to uh, a lot of restaurants in my life, and, like, you know the commotion i like if there's commotion in a restaurant everyone's looking like it's not yeah. like there's not this subtlety of like oh I, mean, I love this steak i don't care that there's a fight going on at the next table like 
even if people are arguing at a table, especially if it's like an Italian place, like in this one, I always feel like, you know, I, at least I've, you know, tended, my family has the tendency of like, let's listen in. <laughs> and maybe that's just a bad habit my family has, but. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. sorry, I wanted to go back uh, to I'll the first episode because uh, there's one uh, moment that actually made me like genuinely laugh, um, which is there's a scene where um, when Baka is trying to convince Yikitaka that he's going to stick around, uh, he's like, oh, you know, like he puts this banner on and he has this me uh, megaphone and he's like, aliens are here. The aliens are real. Like this is an aliens. And obviously Yikitaka is this cool baseball jock. Uh, and he's like, get this away from me. He takes the... Uh, the megaphone away and then prince baka immediately has another one he's like what you thought i wouldn't only, i'd only have one <laughs> like like i don't know why that, that, that actually made me laugh there's also like a weird background joke during like yuki Taka's like baseball training where like what is it like someone's like dragging something or like they're doing some really weird exercise in the background did you notice that yeah i did notice that it's like yeah they're dragging like a giant boulder around if i'm not yeah. mistaken yeah, I found that to be pretty funny. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like even 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 the real the so-called real world stuff is just really wacky. Yeah, so like you go back to here and they're, yeah, they're in this uh, um, rest, you know, the Italian restaurant, and they go like, what? You want to eat your spaghetti? And then like Prince Baca and uh, named off uh, a really fancy um, Italian dish that I can't uh, remember exactly what its name is now. Yeah. But uh, I just loved, I even loved the small retorts like that. It's like, no, it's actually, you know, like, you know, you know, linguine Alfredo or whatever. <laughs> Although that's a pretty basic dish, but it was something. Uh, and then afterwards, yeah, they all uh, end up having lunch in the restaurant still. Because after the fight, they're like, I guess I got to eat. Like, I'm here. <laughs> um, and that's when we, we reveal that Prince Baca got into a fight with some thugs. <laughs> and did kill someone. <laughs> and then yeah they did kill someone and then in the process uh which i thought was hilarious um so they yeah afterwards they like he tells the story of it he's like the other thugs ran away and like this one you know you know i got uh, him best and they go to this garbage can in the alley and then his body's there and uh yukataka is so angry that he throws the garbage can at baka with the body in it <laughs> like it's just like this guy's so strong that he's like you idiot and then like throws and the corpse falls out yeah uh it's a very de decomposed corpse um but it turns out it's discoonian origin <laughs> yeah which i didn't i really understand at that point i was like oh no. the discoonians like, well at least it means that prince baka didn't actually murder someone because yeah the uh, the corpse uh, is named Lafferty. He jumps out of the trash can at the beginning of episode three. And uh, he, he gives them a warning that the Scoonians are going to come after Prince Baca. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. The, the whole trash can thing ends the second episode, and we immediately go into a third one. The really, like, cliffhangers are just bonkers. Yeah. The, the cliffhanger is um, the Scoonian. It's like, oh, we found out this guy in the trash can is Scoonian origin. And, yeah, the corpse... Then that's like it, this is where it starts getting into this like weirdly horrifying element to the show. Like there's like this like horror imagery for sure. Um, where yeah, where like when the corpse kind of comes back to life, you're like, oh my god! It's like the teeth are kind of like misaligned and like he's uh, you know obviously very pale and wrinkly. And yeah, he goes to the apartment and he just kind of like lets out like this scream that he's like, yeah, the Scoonians are coming. And yeah, we find out that the Scoonians are this uh, humiliated race of aliens that had their own planet taken over by like 
woolly mammoths. Like that's kind of the, the what it seemed to be. And then like now, uh, when they are, uh, if one of them is disgraced, the entire race is disgraced. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, and that's what like, and then craft uh, Sato and uh, Colin kind of come back, come back to the apartment to like help them out. Because they, because it turns out with the prince that there's like this fe- like galactic um, federation, yeah, of the worlds, and the and Earth's not a part of this. Earth, we're apparently Earth is too primitive. We're still well, in like it's the it's the prime directive. Until we get uh, space faring abilities, uh, they're not supposed to talk to us. That's kind of a rule. No, yeah, no, never watched Star Trek or or no familiarity with that. That's that's the prime I, directive. <laughs> yeah oh that you, you don't talk to humans no the prime directive is that any civilization that hasn't reached like galactic level you don't talk to them so like if, if humans if humans reach the galactic stage on their own by like you know space travel or space colonization then that's when you're allowed to talk to them but any primitive species that is simply planet bound uh you don't interfere until they until they have the capability to do so Oh, I mean, I kind of knew that, but um, that's the but, word. Prime directive is that wording, at least. But that makes sense because I, I, well, I guess I, yeah, because I don't, I haven't watched a lot of Star Trek. I mean, I watched the J.J. Abrams films, and I watched a little bit of uh, the original series. Yeah. Uh, just to see what it was all about, but um, I guess that they never specified in any of those episodes, and the J.J. ones weren't interested in any of the actual science fiction elements. No, that was just, those are just action films. Um, we, where, can, uh, we, can just, we can bash J.J. a lot. I mean, we didn't, even, <laughs> we didn't even bring up what we learned like five minutes after our podcast ended last week where he, we found a clip of him uh, from a TED Talk just saying how Star Wars is all about mystery boxes, which it absolutely isn't. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like, not yeah, a... The first one, it's like all about mystery box, mystery box, and it's like, no, no, J.J. He's really hung his hat on this mystery box thing. Like He's, he's, he's kind of backed away from it but um yeah whatever the fuck he did with rise of skywalker i don't know J- I, i'm just glad that movie exists so it proves that jj's full of shit yeah i mean it's funny because when you look at like the first screenplays that jj abrams ever wrote like regarding henry and forever young and the pallbearer that um, was a different era back there then. was different era but like he's clearly he evolved into a guy who got really obsessed with mystery boxes and he's got, he, he owns a mystery box himself that he was given when he was like 10, um, which he uh, has yet to open, or, or so he says. He could just be full of shit, which he very well could be. Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't opened his own mystery box? Well, that's, that's what the he real That's Because the mystery is the, the whole fun of it. Yeah, the mis- yeah that's the real mystery. Um, yeah, no, it's it kind of works in TV shows, um, but it doesn't... I don't know if it... it I guess it kind of could work like a very simple mystery box, but um it's a weird element because like you know it's you want to know what the you got to figure you have to have a good if you're going to do a mystery box you gotta have a really good resolution well that 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 was his strategy and then it backfired but uh back back to the show uh because then we'll be on star wars talk for 20 minutes again um there's like a whole so this thing is like yeah colin uh tries to jog uh not colin um captain craft he tries to jog prince baka's memory because uh He's an idiot. Uh, that's what Sato suggests. He gets knocked unconscious, and um, 
we just get like a montage of like everyone like trying to help Baka out, like figure out his memory. And unfortunately, the way we watched it, there's like a lot of Japanese text that appears, which is not translated, <laughs> which I'm sure yeah. like led to a lot of funny gags we were missing. Yeah, that was the one thing where I'm like, ah, I wish I, I knew how to read at least some bit more, uh, some basic Japanese, but. Yeah, because you can know. tell there were jokes because they even like pause. Yeah, they're clearly, you know, something more. And, you know, if there's any listeners out there who who knew so what those jokes were, uh, feel free to share if we have. Maybe, maybe if I read the manga, I'm sure it would be there because it's text. But yeah, like, they're they're all trying to jog the memory. And at one point, it's like, what is it like Prince Baka intervenes in his own, like, memory montage? And I'm like, yeah, you were there for this. Oh, yeah. There's, like, that element to it. Because, like, at a certain point, uh, they're, like, in this room. He's uh, Prince Baka's passed out. His guards are like staring at a static screen. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Discoonians, um, I think I mispronounced Yeah, that. no, you pronounced it right, Discoonians. The, yeah, the Discoonians are like have glowing eyes and they've kind of surrounded the ki- uh, the humans. Because, yeah, that's the other thing. The uh, Yukataka uh, and Miho uh, are used as voluntarily used as bait to lure uh, the Discoonians out yeah. to attack Prince Baka. And yeah, it turns out, uh, spoiler alert, that, well, this is where you also find out that, uh, oh, I guess in the last episode they found out, was it this episode or the last episode where uh, they found out that uh, Prince Baka is a prince? Because uh, like for the first little bit, you don't think of Prince Baka as being a prince. Uh, it's, it's all kind of blended together. Yeah, so like they find out that he's a prince and... Um, which is, there's a, a funny gag later on when Prince Baka wakes up and he's like, oh, I just found out, I remember that, I'm a prince. And it's like, and uh, Yukitaka is like, we already know that. <laughs> like, yeah. that's old news. <laughs> like, it's That like, was pretty funny. You know? But yeah, they use the, the humans and they're going to go and like kill uh, uh, Prince Baka. But then they, Prince Baka has this cat, a cat I don't know the name of. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and the cat, uh, it turns out like uh, uh, Yukitaka says, it's like, well, if you kill him, uh, and then who's going to take care of the cat? Because then they become morally <laughs> responsible for this cat, and that starts stumping them. And then, yeah, we find out through there that everything's been recorded. Uh, because this, guess what, is one of Prince Baka's crazy schemes. Crazy, crazy elaborate schemes that I can barely uh, even follow. Yeah, this is uh, him. You find out he's the crown prince of pranks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he's all about prank and because he wakes up and then uh it's all revealed to be this like elaborate ruse that, that takes a place over three out it's a recap of the the two episodes previous where he talked you know it goes into detail about like you know how he set up yukitaka and then like you know got help from the disco uh Discoonians and like um and that yeah, everything was being recorded and it was essentially a sitcom because it seems like Prince Baka's real ambition is to be a TV producer. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to find that out uh, in the next one. Um, so yeah, after this whole thing, uh, the Discoonians, they asked Yuki Taka for his autograph due to being baseball fans. <laughs> Yeah, they lo- and yeah, they they really emphasize how much they love baseball. They we love all levels of baseball, like all high, <laughs> because he's like a high school baseball player's life, and I guess that's one of the reasons why Prince Baka targeted Yukitaka. I guess so. <laughs> to begin with, was that he was this baseball player who was gonna live alone. Uh, you know, how many sixteen-year-olds, or probably not even sixteen, how many fifteen-year-olds get to live in their own apartment by themselves? Um, that you know, that was funny. 
and uh, I will say baseball is obviously really big in Japan. And yeah, I, you, you when, were telling me you have a story about that. I yeah, think. well, I I'm a big sports fan. Uh, that's like kind of where uh, my bread and butter is. I've gone to a lot of uh, different sporting events in my life. Uh, really in love, enjoy it. Uh, it's something I've just always since I was a kid. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons why I don't know as much about like, you know, Star Wars and stuff as I I should. Although I enjoy it, it's um, and uh, I went I went to I visited Japan with some friends uh, a little while back before uh, COVID, and uh, we went to a Japanese baseball game. And I gotta say, single-handedly, it was easily the best uh, sporting event I've ever been to. Like it was, and I've been to a lot of like uh, hockey playoff games, and those are really exciting. But this was it was to another level. Uh, we were in Sapporo. Um, we watched the uh, Hippon Nikaido uh, Ham Fighters, that's their name, uh, against the Chalate Marines. Because that's the one thing, a lot of all their team names in um, uh, in Japan are all like based around brands. Like they okay. just like they just like gave up on like, hey, we're gonna be like the tiger. Like I mean, there are certain like there's the tigers and stuff, but there, a lot of them are related to like um, brands. But like, yeah, so we went to this. Um, yeah to this uh to the the game and like just like from the get-go it's like just absolutely outrageous like they had uh before the game started they were like basically got like these fat children to like run around the bases they're like go 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 and you could like uh you know um the people were like betting on it it was very like strange i don't know necessarily betting but uh and then there was like the um the visiting team had a whole section of supporters who were all dressed the same, like, which was like all in black. And they had a whole section of the stadium to themselves, like a whole, like I'm talking, there must've been about, you know, 5,000 supporters there for them. And they all had like a synchronized chat uh, chant that like you could see from across the stadium. Uh, that was just incredible to see. Uh, there was a, um, uh, when, when the game was actually happening, um, you know, just like everything from like the songs that were being played, because a lot of in baseball games, a lot of uh, most of the time when uh, a hitter comes up to bat, uh, the, they have a hitter song. So like every uh, every per like baseball player basically gets a song that they can walk out onto the field to. Uh, this time, obviously, in Japan, so you're getting a lot of like great Japanese music, but like you could sing along with it. They were really encouraging everyone to sing along. A um, lot of like, you know, uh, dancing, like a lot of encouraging of dancing from everyone, including some of the players. And uh, what was really fun uh, was that the, t this, um, the home team won, Sapporo's uh, team won. And uh, to celebrate, this is just a random event. Like they just won a game. Like this wasn't like a big game. This was just like another game. Um, they set off fireworks within the stadium. This is a closed stadium. They, I was, we were at the Sapporo Dome, which if you were to Google it, uh, the Sapporo Dome is a, uh, like, it's a, basically like a silver dome. Like when you're walking towards it, yeah. like it's, it's just like, it kind of just looks, yeah, it just kind of almost looks like a, uh, like the base to like where the villain of Moonraker would like be. Like it just has this like 70s, like cool 70s vibe to it, but it's like this giant baseball stadium. Um, and yeah, they, and they were like, and then they had like the person, like the MVP of the game, then got into um, a convertible and then they drove that convertible around the, uh, like the stadium. 
like not like 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 mm. on the field as the fireworks were going off i had so much fun like i was like this is like the thing is is and, and i can go into a little bit of a ramp but like american baseball is really boring it's like yeah. it's just a, an incredibly boring uh like just the way it's being presented and like recently in baseball if you follow the houston astros like cheated to win a world series and like they MLB fucked that up and like people aren't really that interested in watching baseball anymore and like you know which means it's like, you're not getting as many kids playing it like people who are playing it are more of like families who are like may have put their kids in football but because of all the head injuries they're like you're not doing football you're gonna do baseball instead like that's what's keeping the game alive and I'm like man if they just like went to Japan and Korea where baseball is massive and just like watched how they like did game like presentations like if you want to like once we're out of COVID, really resurge like how people experience live sporting events. Uh, just go to just watch what they're doing because like it was so much fun and like and I don't speak Japanese. I don't have I don't know the language for like just even from like um in, like just enjoying it as a vi as a tourist. Um, it was incredible. So I know this is kind of my ramp with it, but uh, I was I wanted more. And that's the one thing where I was almost disappointed that it was like high school baseball. Cause I was like, man, like, I just kind of wanted to see him be like a legit baseball player. Even if it was like the worst player on the team, they also gave every, a lot of pe all these people, these like blow up balloons oh. uh, that you could like that blow up, but they all looked like uh, dicks. They were oh. all like this penis shaped thing. And then you would like release it. And then like when the game was over, all these like dick balloons were all over the air. It was wild. It was another oh part of the experience. Um, I guess that's something that's more uh, prevalent in Sapporo, uh, the Sapporo Dome, than anywhere else. Yeah, that's but, uh, but I was a fan. I was, and I looked for a uh, um, Ham Fighters baseball cap, but I haven't found one yet. That's yeah. I don't even know how to respond to that. None of this is present in any subsequent uh, episodes of uh, Level E. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should say that I just I did this for my own vanity than anything else. No worries. Uh, the more you know about uh, Japanese baseball, um, watch it. It's great. Let Let's talk episode four because this is like, in a lot of ways, the most important one because it sets up the entire tone, the entire structure of what level E becomes. Because you've had these three episodes, they're plot driven, they're sitcommy, and then this one is just a total outlier. Uh, it's completely different in tone until the last second where it kind of pulls back on everything uh the short i don't think we should just explain the entire thing um but like it's basically a horror short yeah so i want to say like even right off the bat like the art style is different like they yeah. they do and i i will i do appreciate that they like took that much detail they're like okay if this is going to be tonally different like the art's going to be different and yeah it starts off with just like this really like grim artwork a lot of saturated colors a lot of reds like it was mm -hmm. a very red heavy episode and it's like it starts off with these kids uh they're like in a barn for some reason and they're like playing cards and then they like are hiding in the roof because this uh girl or one of their classmates is again high school students and they actually kind of look more like high school yeah. students where yukataka doesn't appear to be a high schooler at all even though miho clearly is high school mm -hmm. um these kids are like very much um you know, are very much a uh, high schoolers. And yeah, they watch the, their classmate, this girl. Um, I think it's Yasuda. Yasuda? Yeah, uh, Yasuda. It's, yeah, it gets devoured by like uh, an alien creature um, like who sucks on her yeah, uh, and it, it veins turns... and drains her of all her blood. He's basically a vampire. 
Yeah, and it turns into this thing where they're trying to, you know, figure out who the suspects are and stuff, and they end up, you know, they end up meeting a detective. They, they're given a, a card to this detective guy who they, who they meet up with. Uh, and then, yeah, it turns out, of course, it involves aliens, uh, as always, with this series. Yeah, and, you know, and, they, and initially they were going to, like, should we go to the police? But it's, like, yeah. it's so outlandish. Like, why would anyone believe that, like, why anyone would do this? Like, this is crazy. Uh, yeah, they go to the detective who works at, like, a hot, this, like, kind of a hospital thing. I yeah, it's, like, run down. Like, like a clinic, almost. Um, and then they, uh, yeah, then that detective explains that that was an alien and that then they're going to need larger fee like there's something to do with there's this whole thing about like this guy charges an exorbitant amount of money to do investigations yeah and i'm like this guy is talking to high schoolers like what is the deal why like he's extorting high schoolers i mean he's not even the biggest asshole in the show but like um, and like one by one the kids go missing uh eventually they find them though um, do we even want to spoil it? I think, I think the thing to appreciate, and I also think we're kind of like trying to wrap this episode up, um, because I kind of want to go into more detail about what the show becomes. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, I would say spoil it. <laughs> like, this is spoil like, it, go for, all right, uh, well, <laughs> uh, it turns out that, uh, Yamamoto was the culprit since, uh, aliens don't leave behind fingerprints. Yeah. Is this like, like later on? Like, no, this is like in the episode. This is in the episode. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause then he like traps them into... Like yeah, this, this room. Like this, this room, one by one. Uh, and then, yeah, then they're shown the footage of what's going on. Yeah, uh, and the uh, the music store clerk, Ungo, is the one who tricked them into meeting Yumeno. Yeah, Yumeno yeah. Yumeno lets him go after showing them uh, the recorded footage. <laughs> Sorry, I won't lie. I was, dear listener, I was playing Hades, and I, I was really in a mean game of Hades by the time I was watching this episode a second time. <laughs> um so yeah no I'm, you're right you're right like that's that makes sense because yeah there's no uh aliens although there's this whole elaborate backstory of this uh, specific alien that like they're like male or female but like then they have to kill the person that they like and then there's not enough aliens left so like they you know this alien really liked uh this girl and like you know had to kill her because of that um, but it doesn't really, it's a little convoluted and a little convoluted, uh, which makes sense because it turns out, it turns out this was in fact a short film directed by Prince Baca. <laughs> yeah. That, like this, it turns, yeah, this is like this horror shirt. And then that's, you know, makes sense. Cause like, it turns out, you know, Baca, I, in my opinion, really just wants to be a TV producer. Like that's yeah. all he wants. He just wants to make fun things. Like, I think that's, that's honestly why I feel like he's still on earth. Like it's not. It's not because of anything else. It's like, yeah, I can be, I can be a TV guy here. <laughs> like, it's and if, like, and if he gets bored of that, he could do whatever else he wants. He's, he's the prince of pranks. He just wants to have fun. And yeah, he's like trying to sell this as like a little pilot, basically. And it kind of could work. Like, it, it had this weird like criminal minds uh, aspect to it, where it's like, yeah, you could do it, but it with aliens. Like, it was like it could have been its own show. Like, to be honest, but I like that they made it so convoluted that you're like, what? This doesn't make any sense, and I like the fit, the reveal that like, oh, if this is from Prince Baka, of course it's gonna get convoluted. All the the things that we've seen before have been convoluted, like and needlessly so. So it's like, yeah, of course he's gonna make this kind of like, okay, like decent, uh, short film, and like afterwards, like in the reveal of it, um, him and his uh, bodyguards are like eating fried chicken, and then 
uh, Yukitaka comes in and he's like, you got to get out of here. <laughs> like, he just like, and they've clearly just made themselves at home in the apartment. Like, he's, he's they're not leaving. All right. Uh, before we before we go to final thoughts, um, who's the speed wagon of this? Speed wagon, 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 speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. I have mine. Uh, I think he's a more major Speedwagon, but he's just my favorite supporting character in general. Who is it? I want to hear you go. Uh, it, it's Captain Kraft. I love Kraft. He, he's a fun character. And listen, I know sometimes we try to focus our Speedwagons on, on more ancillary characters, but, but as I've pointed out before, REO Speedwagon is a major character in two entire seasons of JoJo, so... I'm giving it to Captain Kraft. Ooh, okay. Uh, for me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little. I feel it could be controversial. My Ario Speedwagon of this show is uh, it's the puppets. It's the two puppets. Oh, the it's puppets! The... I should have picked the puppets. <laughs> I it has to be the puppets. Like those, they're so f- wild, and they only appear in that one scene. I'm like, bring back the puppets. I want them to be more like. I want like there to be a scene in every episode where like he's like doing the puppets thing like cause the, the, it's so weirdly animated they're so like kind of crazy like they, they look like they're about to pop like i don't know if they, like, they're in his hands or if they're like 11 it was it's so many qu- things i loved it like i was like i, I could have seen more of the pup i could do a puppet episode <laughs> the the cgi puppet show um yeah again though the show is, is short it's only 13 episodes there were 16 manga chapters so i believe they cut a bit they might have cut like three three episodes worth of material, um, but yeah, like final thoughts. I think the show is just really fun. I think this is like a good cool down show. If you're tired of watching like even like 26 episode action dramatic shows or something like that, like and especially if you're you know coming off of Hunter Hunter or something so vast. This is just a fun cool down. Yeah, and I kind of like this as like uh, you know doing this show because it's like it's just like a fun find. Um, I think neither of us, oh, and obviously not me, but like, I know you. No, I mean, I didn't know about it until I did my research for that episode. Yeah, that this is, you know, and that, that's just the joy of this is even we can find new shows to talk about as this goes along. Yeah, um, it, and it's fun doing these deep cuts. And I, I hope you, dear listener, uh, enjoy it. We're definitely going to be covering some really popular stuff uh, so, soon. Uh, and we're going to revisit some stuff and we're going we're gonna to mix some stuff up. Uh, we're, we're moving away from kind of, you know, we, we've done some, we did a live action movie. We did some American anime. I think we're going to try and at least get back to our, our regularly scheduled programming in case you, in case you might've felt we were, we were getting bored of just being an anime podcast. Uh, fear not. We've got some really fun and weird stuff coming up. Yeah. But you said you you had like the talk about the rest of the show before we wrap this up. Uh, that, like, oh yeah. The rest showed... of the show. Well, that's the thing. This episode. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, thanks for reminding me. This episode really sets up the rest of the tone because it turns into a bunch of mini arcs. Like the, the following arc focuses on these like boys, these like high schoolers or not even high schoolers. They're kind of like middle schoolers who meet up with Prince Baca and they're given these like Power Ranger suits and they get involved in their own subplot. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're, they get involved in their plot. And then there's another plot involving like uh, alien marriages. Uh, and it turns out like one of the characters, I mean, listen, there's, there's some trans issues and, and, uh, LGBT issues that I, I, I can't, I'd have to rewatch the episode to eat before I even touch on it. Um, 
and it kind of ends in tragedy. They again, they kind of try and play. It becomes a real sci-fi show in the sense that he's like telling these weird original stories, you know, like just these kind of short stories that have their own little moral. Um, it's really interesting, and even in the final episode, I wouldn't say the final episode really wraps up the plot entirely. It it does so in a very Prince Baka way, which is just like, oh, he has a plan. Oh, and I guess that solved it or did it. Yeah, no, it's it seems very much as like, oh, did he cause more problems or did he figure this out from the beginning? And it was a, his master plan is realized. It's kind of like the Joker. Like we, we alluded to like the Joker, like the famous Batman villain, like where you're <laughs> never convinced if like his plan worked or if like, this was just like all a happy accident because it's chaos. Yeah, and I mean, in a lot of ways, this would be a really easy show to just uh, finish because we already did four episodes and there's only 13 left. So, so who knows, dear listener, if you want us to, to cover the rest and hopefully I won't be in a Hades run, so I'll be a bit more talkative. Uh, by the time you listen to it, I'll have beaten Hades for sure. Uh, very good game. You, you all should get it. Um, but yeah, this is a weird, unique show. It's something that I doubt is on anyone's radar. I mean, it came out in 2011, the manga's from 96. It's definitely not Tagashi's most famous work by far, considering he has two, it's, it's sandwiched in by two very popular works. So these kind of weird, weird things are gonna be really fun to cover and uh, discover. You know? Yeah, I like this sort of stuff. Like this was for me, one of the more enjoyable uh, projects we, or uh, shows or whatever we've covered. Cause I think it is so weird and niche. Uh, and that like, oh, like I can't, it's weird that this like exists on some level. I, I don't think too many podcasts have covered this. Uh, we're no. certainly going to cover our share of popular material for uh, for you, dear listeners, especially because we, we want them ratings. And uh, I'm very excited to cover some future stuff. And I might as well announce what we're covering next week. Uh, we're going to cover the movie Redline with uh, our guest, Maddie Vu. I'm mean, a stand-up comedian, uh, big car guy. Uh, and you'll hear a lot about it, uh, how much he loves cars and, and the Fast and the Furious. Uh, we run a comedy show in Vancouver together before COVID called Blood Feud, uh, which is a stand-up and an improv show, uh, which kind of combines like Matty Wu is a stand-up, I'm an improviser by uh, trade first. And yeah, uh, it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be fun to t- talk about this movie. I, I have really no idea what... I have not movie. watched Redline either. We we picked it because we knew Maddie liked cars and he's got some Fast and Furious bits to talk about. Um, and I don't know. It's a, it's a movie that's definitely been on my radar and I never watched it. So uh, we're going to discover lots of things. But to be fair, I didn't watch Level E until last week. And then I devoured it in a weekend. So who knows? I'm excited. I'm a, I think uh, I'm, always, I'm a sucker for uh, car movies. So... Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what this is uh, this is all about what all the yeah. rage is about exactly so yeah dear listener uh, you can find us on at is this anime pod on Twitter and Instagram you can listen to this where podcasts are found on Spotify iTunes leave us a review uh, if you'd like that would really help you know boost our um, you know audience reach and uh, leaving a review is always nice so uh, thank you very much and have a great day. Uh, Baka for the win. Baka for president. Vote Baka. Yeah, Baka for president and get that home run.